Hiya and welcome to Brain Injury Advice, where we provide help and advice for people after a brain injury. My name's Brooke and I've lived with a traumatic brain injury since 2007. Hi, I'm Ashwani and I'm a trustee at Headway Warrington. I'm also a senior associate solicitor focusing on catastrophic injury, including brain injury. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about depression. This is something that we've talked about in previous episodes, but it's important that it really gets its own episode as it is such a big topic. I think it's fair to say that a number of people will experience depression following a brain injury. And we're going to be talking about some of the symptoms and also help and advice. It is important to realise that feeling sad after a significant event like an injury, a serious injury, is normal, but it could also be a sign of depression. It could be that you're feeling a loss of interest in activities. It could even just be normal activities activities of daily living, getting up, getting washed, getting dressed. Um, you might find that there are changes to your eating patterns or your sleeping patterns that you, you just don't feel like eating or drinking. Um, you may be experiencing very low self-esteem or very negative thoughts about your situation or about the future. You may experience a loss of interest in things that you do with your friends, socializing, etc. And that can, of course, lead to isolation. It could be that all of these things are as a result of the injury that you've had or as a result of depression. It's a very fine line because the two can be so closely linked. And in fact, um, we've got some statistics from Headway, um, which is a national charity that supports people with brain injuries, who found that on average, 50% of people with a traumatic brain injury experience depression in their first year of recovery, which is a huge amount. Brooke, I'd like to bring you in at this point, um, because we, we have talked about depression um, before in some of the other things that we've discussed. And I'm thinking in particular, the when you were first out of hospital, when you were in discussions with your doctors and talking about this um, this three-year recovery period. Yeah, I clung on to that. I'd read somewhere. I think what, what happened, first of all, is I was in hospital and people were coming to see me and I thought my life was quite good. I thought it was, it was a bit like being a Z-list celebrity, to be quite honest. And yeah, I was, I was sort of riding this wave of happiness that people, um, people used to come and see me. And I just, I kind of thought that's what my life was going to be like. But um, it wasn't until I got out of hospital and I started actually taking interest and started reading. I mean, I, I, just, I had this, this thing, I was told I had this thing called a brain injury, which I'd never even heard of before. I'd start, and bear in mind that when it happened to me, there was, there was literally nothing in the media. I started, I started reading about it. And I think generally um a path that people go on that they start to become it's as as your awareness increases you start to become more aware of your situation mm. and um, you start to understand what's gonna what's happened to you and the implication it's gonna have for the rest of your life and then with that comes a wave of depression and yeah and with that with that sort of research you, you, the something that's banded about is your brain will heal for two years and then it's kind of you, the only thing you can do is to uh, to use techniques to overcome the problems that you're still left with. Mm. I um, I was never an organ. I've never been an organised person, and this made me even less so. So this was really really scary for me. Um, I thought I'm never going to get better because I'm never going to become organised, and I've got a brain injury now, and you need you need your brain 
to become organized and it's injured so it's never going to happen for me so I, there was something that I kept seeing was that your brain heals for three years. I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but I, saw, I, was, I remember clinging on to this three-year period and right up until like the 11th of May 2010, it'll have been, which will have been three years after. And when I woke up there on the 12th of May, I wasn't better. Um, it didn't I mean, it just sounds, magically go away. It sounds ludicrous now. It sounds stupid, but that is honestly what I was thinking. Mm. And um, depression, it's a... It's a, it's a funny thing because I, I was told that I wasn't ever majorly depressed, but I, I would disagree with that. But um, I suppose I was told that I was never depressed on the grounds that I still, like, you know, got up, had a wash, made the most of myself and stuff every day. But mm. I'd say that's, I'd say it affects everybody differently, doesn't it? Yeah. That was something that I've, I don't know, something that I've always done. I know. I think it's, it's fair to say that depression manifests itself in so many different ways. So, the fact that you were able to take care of some of your basic needs, that doesn't necessarily mean that you weren't then putting a brave face on things or just, you know, some people might appear completely normal for want of a better term, but actually, you know, scratch beneath the surface and um, they're really struggling. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that I didn't really know what was, I didn't really understand what was wrong with me and you, you you try to you try to examine what's wrong with you, and you come up with things like my memory's not working, and um, I'm tired all the time, and you know people just kind of not not ridicule it, but people come up with suggestions like you know just you've got to sleep better, and you've just got to, you've just got to man up, you've got to get over yourself, and mm. it's um, I was made to feel like I didn't have any real problems, so why am I um, you know like I didn't have I didn't work full time, I didn't have a you know, the, the family and mortgage, the things to, you know, I was, I was lucky. Um, I, and I was very lucky that I'd survived this head injury, that you should be somehow thankful. Mm. I mean, of course I was thankful, but you just, I think it's the fact that I didn't have any of those things that made me feel left out, that I didn't, that, that I was like on my own. I felt like I was like, you know, like you don't have any real problems, so, you know, get out of the way of people that do have problems. Yeah, and that's, that's obviously not a helpful strategy because no. if they're your problems, they're your problems, they're real to you and there's no sort of benchmark of what constitutes a, a genuine problem. I was always comparing myself to other people as well. Like you don't see yourself as being better off than a lot of people. You know, you don't, you don't ever look at it in a positive sense. You only see people that, who are better off than you. Mm. You, always, you only ever look up, you never look down, do you? So. Yeah, and we have talked about comparing yourself and not the importance of not comparing yourself a lot, haven't we? So, yeah. But, you know, I think you raise an interesting point about when it comes to depression, one of the things, um, one of the useful tips that we would suggest is to try not to focus on those negatives, um, to try and focus on the positives instead. And not comparing yourself is one of those um, because you'll only ever see yourself in in a worse light. Yeah, I was. I remember just thinking that it's ne after the three year thing. This is what I'm stuck with. It's never ever ever going to get better. And I, want, I don't want to say that. I don't want to joke about this. That I didn't have, ever have suicidal thoughts. But I just remember thinking, like, what if I was not here? I'm. I mean, you're just kind of a burden. You're not. You're not contributing anything to this world all you're doing is taking mm. and uh, that in itself just um that's quite a very depressing thing 
Yeah, and I can see how you'd feel that. It's, um, you know, and I wonder whether there might even be maybe just some reflection, certainly from clinical staff in terms of how the messaging is put across in relation to recovery periods. Because, yes, you know, two, three years is the sort of the accepted science that that's when your brain will make the most recovery. After that, it largely plateaus. And it's not to say that no further recovery is possible. Recovery is still possible on an ongoing basis. But the gain is perhaps less drastic isn't it what's good what's always worked for me is like challenging yourself and making yourself do things and new Mm. experiences it was recommended that i stayed in scarborough state and you know just stayed around there and didn't really push myself Mm. and um i I made i came to manchester on my own which was just a bit it was was very very difficult i think you know the the fact that you did push yourself you, you could have accepted that advice to just stay put and just let things just you know continue as always but the fact that you felt able to push yourself and out of your comfort zone but to try and experience new things that could be positive in itself was a I dare say and I don't want to speak for you but you know it was probably a very positive step for you into in terms of coming to terms with your injury yeah just picking up on what you were saying before, Brooke, about, um, you know, as you gain more insight, that too can then lead to an increase in depression. I think you've you've got a perfect analogy for this, haven't you? I always said it's like a sort of like a big dipper um, on a on a fairground ride. You've got to go. You've got to go down before you before you can, you know, before you before you get can get better and work on your problems. You've got to realize what your problems are. That's that's absolutely true. Um, but even you know, even if you do work on um, on it with um, professional help, for example, I think it's also fair to say that there will be ups and downs anyway. You know, you, you could be feeling great one day and the next day it can be very different. Something that's bothered me is like what some days you do, you do feel great and then you kind of think that you're better you think you're totally fine mm-hmm. and you, you use all your energy in in that one day and mm. then the next day when you wake up you are absolutely exhausted the fatigue hit you massively mm. and um whenever i've been really tired the, my thoughts seem to be the same you just think depressing thoughts and on those days when you do you're very tired and you, your, your thoughts are more negative how how do you um manage that what do you do <laughs> not very well i don't think um i think the thing is because i forget what i've done day mm. to day when i get up and i'm, I'm and i'm exhausted you feel you feel useless and you've got no energy and you, you just start to blame yourself but because because i don't forget i don't remember the day before i mean even if i've done even if if i've had a particularly physically exerting day the day before I won't necessarily remember on the next morning when I wake up. I wake up and I'll be exhausted and then then negative thought patterns. So I think one thing I've wanted to do is put leave a note for myself saying that I am going to be tired this the next day and then, you know, at least I'll be a bit more prepared for it. Mm, that's, I think that's a really good um, tip actually. To, and I, I suppose it's also don't beat yourself up um, about it. You know, it's okay to have days where where you don't feel like 
you can achieve very much or where you are tired um don't be afraid to get things wrong um cut yourself some slack yeah my, my psychologist has always said that to me that i'm too harsh on myself but i i don't know i've got i've got a theory that if i wasn't harsh on myself then i wouldn't have made any progress at all so interesting it's definitely yeah. a but yeah being harsh on yourself is not good i'm, I'm my, my own worst critic i think most people probably are <laughs> and in terms of any sort of feelings of depression, etc., have you yourself sought any professional help, if, if, if you don't mind me asking? I've had a neuropsychologist, Russell Sheldrick, who's been brilliant. My mum said he was, he was always on the ward watching. Because um, mm. I, I worked in a bar at the time as a student, and um, so loads of people came to visit me. And my mum thought he'd, he was getting like annoyed with that. But he, says, he said, on the contrary, that like stimulation is good, it's good to see people and stuff so i think that's a good thing to be you know the, the worst thing you can be is alone because mm. if it's just you and your negative thoughts and you don't have much of a chance but i think to look for people to look for friends and just genuinely don't think you're going to be i mean i always used to think i was a burden i still do but um you know like going on nights out and stuff um you know i used to make an appearance for half an hour and i just then i'd go home because i was too tired and i just thought I was just annoying people, but that's probably not the case. No, and it's important to build your networks, you know, strengthen your networks and, and build new ones. And whether that's going out for half an hour or, you know, just spending time one-on-one, whatever works, but I think, keep, You yeah. keep yourself relevant, don't you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, absolutely. It's, um, you know, spending time with friends, family, people who are going through something similar, you know, so that you're not always alone or just stuck in that sort of pattern of negativity you don't want to get i don't really i don't really mean keep yourself relevant i mean people keep yourself because you don't you don't want to be forgotten about because if you if you keep avoiding people then people think that you don't want to be there Mm. and then people will stop asking you and then the the um the result of that is you just could be left in the house and alone and, it, and that's easier said than done, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to really make an effort. I've, I've really had to make an effort to make myself go out. But mm. you have to do that because otherwise... Um, and that can have more benefits than you perhaps realise as well. Um, you know, at the time you might be thinking, I'm just, you know, a bit tired or can't be bothered. But, um, you know, it, it is part and parcel of um, keeping those networks and... And people might also see and ask, you know, are you okay? People pick up on so much, don't they? And you can can become quite easily overwhelmed. Like I've not really wanted to to be in that situation where a lot of people are talking to me because it just becomes becomes exhausting. So you've you've worked with Russell Russell for a long time. um, And I think it's fair to say that however he works is in a very subtle way. Yeah, quite possibly. The one thing I noticed, the, the office was on the first floor of the old part of Salford Royal Hospital. And I always remembered that whenever I was going up them stairs, it was quite a depressing time. But when I was, whenever I was coming down, it was always a much happier time. Mm. So he was obviously doing something. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know what, but nah, he was doing yeah. something to, to make you feel better about your situation. Having, yeah, having... Um, Having somebody to talk to, I mean, like, at first, when I first moved back to Scarborough, we actually, 
I used to come from Scarborough to see him because it was it was that good for me. Um, and also that was the start of an independence for me. I used to get the, the train over. And I guess, you know, those are big things in themselves when you sit and break it down. Um, you know, we talked about some of the... Um, the signs or symptoms of um, depression that sort of you know loss of interest in in activities but the fact that you were pushing yourself to get on a train from Scarborough make your way over to Salford Royal to see somebody for a professional appointment you know that's quite a big thing Um, and it's important to realize that and accept that 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 was a huge achievement. It may, may seem like a very routine thing to do, and it may have seemed like that at the time, but it, it's a huge achievement in itself. So I was always comparing myself to my friends who were like working down in London and stuff, and I just saw, I always saw what I was doing is so yeah. petty. And you've got to get out of that mindset because your friends, one thing to remember that your friends don't have a brain injury, do they? Did you, when you were spending time with your friends or your family, did you, did you talk to them about how you were feeling? Probably not. As much as I should have done. One, because I didn't really realise what was going wrong with me. And two, I was just, I just felt, I, I always felt that my problems were just so menial, you know, compared to their problems. And mm. um, I felt I just, I felt it wasn't worthy of discussion. But um, you do, you, you do have to get over that. Um, yeah. And I suppose now that you've got a little, well, more insight than you perhaps had back then. Yeah. What? piece of advice would you give 2007 Brooke just to sit with yourself and just write your problems down mm. and um because you don't you don't have to come up with anything on the spot you you know you can sit and you've got all the time in the world to, to write your problems down and take that list of problems and discuss it with someone because mm. um if I was if I went to discuss something with somebody then being put on the spot I wouldn't remember anything yeah you do have to um I always thought it was good to write things down, particularly going to see Russell as well, because if I was, if I go to see him, I was kind of, I felt like I was being put on the spot and I couldn't um, remember anything. And I would spend that whole this journey home thinking of what I should have said. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, if you don't mention these things and you don't get help from them. Yeah. And, um, well, the danger is that you just forget. So you just say, oh, everything's fine. Yeah, and- yeah. And I think the thing was with with Russell, I used to, I I used to like boast and tell him things that that I was doing that was good. Yeah. And then, you know, I probably wasn't using him to his full potential. I only really wanted to say positive things and maybe, maybe he just saw that as, maybe saw that was, you know, a good thing that I wanted to say, say positive things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that since, you know, in terms of a road towards recovery, maintaining that positive outlook. Yeah. But... At the same time, it is important to to air what's on your mind, to um, to talk about how you're feeling, and not, as I say, not comparing yourself to other people. Your problems are your problems. Yeah, and, and the, the the your problems yeah. out there. It's just, I mean, you, the, the thing is as well, you don't ever know what's going on inside somebody's head. No, I I just used to think that other people would think that I don't have any problems because I don't have to work and I don't have a. I don't have like a mortgage to pay and stuff like that. But I, th- I think also that the fact that I didn't have any of that was a problem to myself because I just felt like I felt isolated. And mm. um, and perhaps some things of your routine were different. So you probably had more time to dwell on, yeah, on your problems. Yeah. You know, you, you do have problems that are just different. You become, having a brain injury, you become 
just different to everybody else. Mm. Um, I guess as well, um, you know, thinking back to when you were first in hospital and that fake environment, everything was about you. It was all about your physical recovery, all eyes were on you, your friends, your family and so on. But over time, that focus shifts and that can be quite difficult to come to terms with yeah, in a way. You, I always liken that to coming off it's probably probably Big Brother's not even relevant now, but when I remember when people used to go into the Big Brother house and then these seemingly normal people like massive sort of celebrities mm. and then but then, you know, the, the fame was very short lived and it must have been difficult for them. And mm. um, that's what I thought that I was this um like a Z list celebrity. That everybody <laughs> everybody wanted to come and see me and then all of a sudden you're not. And then um, people just get on with their normal lives. Yeah. And you're still there and you've still got problems, but yeah. they're just not as sort of in the forefront of everyone's they're not, mind. They're obvious. I mean, things are getting better now. There's people starting to recognize that invisible disabilities, like, because yeah. it's not visible, I guess. You, you know, you don't talk about it. I felt like to tell people about it would be constantly reminding them of my problems, which would make me sound like a dull depressing person which was not what i wanted to be so mm. for a lot of a lot of my problems i've just ignored them and just yeah this i mean i've obviously i've, I've felt just embarrassed but it's, it's stupid it's you don't you shouldn't feel weak you shouldn't feel embarrassed about your problems um things are starting to get reckon what's it what's them things in sainsbury's it's them lanyards isn't it and if you've got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've got you know if you've got a pro- if you need some sort of extra help you can wear these lanyards and and staff are trained to to recognise that, but you know, on on largely these are things that's coming in now, but largely it's, it's still it's still an invisible disability, and it's it's not um, nothing to be ashamed of. I've always been frightened of being put on the spot for something like having to explain your problems, and I can't. I get like tongue tied. I, I honestly think that just writing things down, just having something in your wallet, just having a few things like your problem you've got a brain injury mm. that's why i guess um i guess that's where that headway brain injury card comes in yeah of course and but i suppose when it comes to the depression side of things perhaps even also just having a dedicated note in your phone something that you know it's always with you you yeah. can whip it out if some, if a thought comes to mind there and then just picking up on the um lanyard that you mentioned um and again just for our listeners um this is the sunflower lanyard that you were talking about. Um, You can obtain them from the Hidden Disabilities Store and it's um, hiddendisabilitiesstore.com. I think they don't cost very much. I think they're they're about 90p to purchase. And those are, I think, recognized in a number of major supermarkets um, and public transport as well that that somebody's got a hidden disability and obviously it's not just for brain injury it's for all sorts um but check out our footnotes um there will be a link on there coming back to how you push yourself as well i know for you personally brooke um exercise has been a big part of your recovery both from a physical and well-being point of view um do you think that's something that's also helped you in terms of elevating your mood Exercise has been my saviour, honestly. It's, um, there's times then I don't, I forget to do it and there's times when I'm not on, on the ball with it. But just when, I, when I've been for a run, um, I wouldn't eat, do you know what? I've, I've run marathons, I've run ultra marathons. Um, I don't even like running. <laughs> what, I like, what I like is the social side of it. Yeah. And um, it's, I was speaking to somebody the other day um, who's just like, 
you know, an older guy's come to this area and he's um he's just been through a divorce and um he's he's just joined a running club and it introduces you to a load of new people and everybody's mm. everybody's generally friendly, positive and um what we tend to do is we'll go out for a run and then have a go for a go for a, a beer or something after and it's yeah. um it's it's really good. I mean the 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 end off, the, the physical benefits of it as well, the endorphins. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, the the physical benefits um, of exercise are quite clear, and you know, there's plenty of research out there. And of course, it, it doesn't have to be running. Not everybody. No, no, absolutely not. But anything that um, anything that leaves you out of breath. Yeah. Something that breaks an arm. Something that's. Yeah. Um, yeah, and exerts yourself. It can be yeah, anything like running, cycling, swimming, walking. As you say, um, and you know anything that I suppose it doesn't have to be a group activity although there is obviously a, a social benefit to that um potentially but anything that makes you feel good um and you know not all our listeners um uh, will want to go out running or cycling no no i appreciate it. no not everybody wants to run in this because you know i totally get that myself i don't even like running but i just <laughs> think it's the it's the social aspect that's yeah. for me and you know there are other social outlets um out there as well for people um i'm a member of two choirs at the moment and you you know the 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 social side of that is brilliant and it's one of those activities that brings you joy um and gets those endorphins going in a different way yeah in a different way whatever it's whatever way works for you it's um it's it's about keeping active and busy yeah keeping with friends as well keeping with people otherwise if you keep if you keep refusing and learning to say yes as well if somebody invites you somewhere say yes if you keep refusing to go anywhere with people people will stop asking Mm. and then um you know they probably think that you're happier at home but of course you're not happy at home Um, so yeah say yes have the exit plan that you've um touched on before definitely have an exit plan yeah um and you know just push yourself to enjoy different things and and celebrate when you do do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone yeah try something new so in terms of um help and advice then for our listeners um we've talked about all of these things at different points in today's episode the the first thing is really acknowledging that it's normal to have feelings of sadness to go through depression after an injury it's perfectly okay to feel that way don't feel embarrassed don't feel guilty um don't feel weak and it's also okay to to mourn the the loss of um the person that you might have been before but in order to try and help work through um depression um we've talked about building networks and and maintaining existing networks even though it might be difficult to do and even though you might not always feel like it um but you know touching base with people whether it's one-on-one whether it's in a group situation whatever works seeking professional help i think is a is a huge key now that could be through your gp if you have a psychologist or a psychiatrist um speaking to them there are also charities out there the most obvious one um is mind and again there's a link um to mind in the footnotes talking to friends and family being open with them about how you're feeling and as as we've discussed 
particularly with the brain injury, um, utilizing other strategies to help you. So making notes about how you're feeling, whether that's keeping a dedicated note on your phone or a, a pen and paper, uh, whatever it is so that you you have that re reference straight away. You don't feel that you're being put on the spot, especially when memory is an issue. Yeah, people, you, having, think, having, it, having it written down is something um, that I found massively useful. Mm. Definitely. And then, then you're able to express how you feel and articulate that when you're asked about Something it. Something that brings it to the forefront of your mind rather than trying to um rather than trying to remember what's wrong with you and then just like tapping out and saying, Oh no, I'm fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fine as not <laughs> what what you are. Um and it's important to recognise that. We've talked about, you know, the the benefits of exercise or um, a healthy lifestyle, getting involved in activities, whether they're things that you do already that, um, you know, that raise those endorphins that bring you joy, whether it's trying something new, um, pushing yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone as part and parcel of building your networks and, and discovering new things. You might very well find that there are things that you enjoy doing or that you're good at that you'd never tried before like with you in the running even if you don't enjoy yeah, it, don't enjoy it yeah. <laughs> celebrate your successes no matter how small they are um even if for you a big thing is just getting out of bed otherwise you can go they can go forgotten about and then you think that you've not achieved anything even, yeah even even if it's getting out of bed you know when you might have, you might have been depressed yeah and you just stay in bed uh, it's positive it's important to be recognized yeah, I, I did like your suggestion of keeping a note by your bed that today you're going to be tired. So then, you know, if, even if it's a case of going, yeah, I'm tired today, but that's okay. Yeah. That can you, in itself be a big thing to celebrate. And you expect it and it doesn't take you by surprise because like when you wake up and you're exhausted and with that exhaustion comes feelings of um, comes feelings of depression, but if you can, yeah, if you, if you can be forewarned about these things, then mm. it's a lot better. You'll be much more prepared. And focus on positives as much as you can. Try not to dwell on the negatives, and you may very well be surprised at what you can do if you focus on those positives. This is the last episode of this series. We will be back later in the year with series two. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe and share our content. If you do have any suggestions for topics that you'd like us to cover, why not drop us a line at hi at braininjurybites.co.uk.